This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com with uh, Jamie Lynn, Jeff McGuire, and Chuck Hines. Uh, Texture Gary asked this. Uh, the answer for me is no, but I'll, I think I'd like to see it. Chuck, did you catch the History Channel's shows about Rawlings, Spalding, and Wilson? They describe the origins of basketball, football, baseball glove, the forward pass, and more. Hmm, that looks cool. inter- yeah, it looks mm-hmm. interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, get this uh, thought with regard to conference realignment. You can go back further to when Texas Tech left for the border left the border conference for the Southwest Conference. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, this is not not necessarily new, but maybe. Um, but those border conference fans were devastated. Well, I'm sure. You know, if you look at the pictures uh, from like uh, in front of the administration building uh, from those days and the and the headline in the newspaper is a big damn deal uh when you left mm-hmm. the border conference for uh, the southwest conference they had to increase the uh, size of jones stadium uh to do that make a commitment there but it was uh certainly a day where it put you on the map um and you know after that you know arizona and arizona state would eventually leave the border conference for uh the pack eight you know, Pac-10, and became the Pac-12, and then they they moved that up. Uh, you know, what's interesting is I wonder I I wonder how close it was to staying intact because if you listen to the Oregon State athletic director, it was it was pretty close, but then Oregon and Washington actually pulled the plug first, and then after that, you know, the two Arizona schools in Utah. Uh, moved moved as well. I guess Oregon and Washington they just couldn't make those numbers work. You know the the twenty three million that was being guaranteed by Apple plus you know the fact that you'd have to go out and basically try and sell subscriptions either on your own or as a collective to well, the, to get close to what the Big Twelve number was. Yeah, the word that they that was used that I think is is pretty fair here is stability. Mm-hmm. Just that the Pac twelve didn't have any stability compared to the Big Ten. Even if they were having to take, you know, half a share from the Big Ten or whatever, the Pac-12 just was providing no stability. And oh, by the way, they were still going to be getting more money than they would have been getting in the Pac-12. Right. Okay. By taking a taking a haircut or yeah. taking less money sure. from the Big Ten as they get yeah. get ramped up. Yeah. Sure, it drives them nuts that UCLA and USC are going to get a full share and sure. they're going to get a half, but. It is what it is, but um, yeah, the just the the feeling, the lack of confidence that the Pac-12 was going to keep moving forward and be a player here. Uh, I think that's why Oregon and Washington decided to bail. Yeah, yeah, and and then they were going to have this. You know, we heard all these reports about well, they're rethinking. They're going to have this conference call, and when the conference call took place, Oregon and Washington weren't on the call, mm-hmm. and so the other guys knew. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, Oregon, are you are you with us? Are you here? Are you here? Is anybody there from? Is there anybody there from Washington? Okay, and it became pretty evident that uh, they were had submitted their letters of resignation, so to speak. Okay. Okay. 
But it, it's, it is, you know, for, for all the times that we've, and I say we, whether it's me or just people in general, where you've kind of scoffed at, well, why are we scheduling things, you know, five years down the line? Or why are we worried about TV rights when they don't expire until, you know, 2026 or 2032 or whatever the number is? Here's a classic example of the Pac-12 let it go too long. For where, for whatever reason, even though they said they were going to try to get ahead of it a year ago, that wasn't ahead of it enough. Yeah, I think one of your Mark's genius moves was jumping in front of the Pac-12 and mm-hmm. getting a deal done uh, in front of the Pac-12 and lining that up. And again, there's so much of this. You know, you, you really want to blame somebody for this, and you know, and oh, it's the Big Ten's fault for getting USC and and, and UCLA, or it's the it's the Big Twelves for taking Colorado. Blame ESPN. ESPN is, is the one who shot all this into motion. I mean, they're the ones that you know convinced Texas and Oklahoma to head to the SEC. Okay, and they thought the Big 12 was going to fall apart. Would implode, right? Would implode, mm-hmm. okay. And Texas and Oklahoma weren't going to have to pay exit fees because the conference wasn't going to exist. They thought it was going to fall apart. They assumed, and had they done it, it, this might be going completely differently. They assumed the Pac-12 was going to take some of those schools and the Big 12 schools was gonna were going to jump at the opportunity because they felt instability in the Big 12. So they were going to jump to the Pac-12 and it would have been the the Big 12 falling apart. Mm-hmm. If the Pac-12 had taken two or three schools from the Big 12 at that time, I mean, if they had made an offer to the to Texas Tech, don't you think the Red Raiders would have accepted? Yeah, because Oklahoma State was in that battle as well. Yeah, you yeah. Know, to go. I'm just saying this is one. But so so take two or, or four of those schools, mm-hmm. send them to the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. It'd be a different story. It'd be the Big 10 or the Big 12 ending right sure. now. Okay, and it would be the Pac-12 that would be set up that would have been able to come up get a better TV deal, and it would be the Big 12 falling apart. And so that was ESPN's plan. Pac-12 ruined it. Pac-12 got arrogant, got cocky, said, "Nope, none of those schools are worthy of the, of of being with us. So we don't. We're not going to add them. We're not going to forward think. We're not going to look towards the future when we know all these major conferences are going to be adding schools." We're not going to pick and choose the best ones that's left in the Big 12. They didn't do it. They got cocky. They got arrogant. It ruined ESPN's plan, and now it's ruined the Pac-12. Sorry about you. And and now how how laughable is it? Because you think about that same time, because at that same time where uh, Oklahoma State, maybe Texas Tech, let's just say Baylor's in that mix too, and maybe even TCU of going to the Pac-12, at the same time, there was this discussion of Kansas and Iowa State and maybe K-State would be left out, uh, but Kansas and Iowa State going to the Big Ten. And and now, when you look at what the Big Ten has added in terms of UCLA and USC, um, and now Georgia, uh, Oregon, and Washington, how, how laughable does it look that you would even think that Kansas and Iowa State would be going to the Big Ten? Yeah, especially because the... TV markets they've added, right? You know all that, no, no doubt. Refresh my memory: was USC? It seems like USC was either wanting to add schools when they were in the Pac-12, or not wanting. I can't remember. It seems like there was the thought that the Pac-12 would add schools because USC wanted more. 
that thought it was the right thing to do. I, I, I'm trying to remember that. I think or, you're or, right about that. Or was it the opposite? Can't remember. I, I, I don't or, remember anybody in the Pac-12 wanting to add. Well, that see, I I just there's something the, in my mind that re- remembers that USC was like the thought was. Well, the Pac-12 might add schools because that's what USC wants. They feel like they need to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, obviously, it would have brought you closer to the middle of the country. Would have gotten yeah. you different, different TV markets. Would have increased the visibility of that conference. You wouldn't have had, you know, you'd played a bunch of games in the central time zone and playing them instead of playing them all, all you know, Late later at night, at night mm-hmm. whatever. Um, I don't know. Just, it, you just go back and it, it just feels like some really simple moves. Maybe at the time they weren't simple, but now, but you can look back and just some really simple moves by the Pac 12 and this wouldn't be happening. Yeah. And it would be the Big 12 that's going away and not the Pac 12. Yeah. Yeah, especially when you think about even even in 2011 when, you know, you're not that far away from being a member of the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. Um, and it looked like everything was, you know, Larry Scott was flying all over the place, you know, trying to get everybody signed up. And yeah, it, it looked sense. like the Big 12 was, you know, on its last leg. And then all of a sudden it, it survived. Yeah. It's, it survived. And, and, then, I, and I can even remember saying myself, man, could the Big 12 get some – sort of TV network like the Pac-12 has. I mean, like every one of them's got their own channel. It's awesome. <laughs> so, Jamie, a number of people saying that USC didn't want to add. Didn't want to add. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, I knew it was one or the other. Couldn't yeah. remember. They were the, as one person says, the Texas of the Pac-12. Yeah, sounds like it. Sounds like it. Well, and, and, and once they did their, I mean, because I think the biggest shock of everything Maybe behind Texas and Oklahoma leaving to go to the SEC, I, I think almost think a bigger shock was SC and UCLA going to the Big Ten. Yeah, yeah. Because that just came out of absolutely mm-hmm. nowhere. Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Time for this day in sports history. Today is 8-7-23. We missed the 8-0-6 two years in a row. Because yet last year it was on a Saturday and yesterday it was on a Sunday, so I feel good about our chances next year. Yeah, I just hope that we're here. So, with this day in sports oh. history on August the seventh, here is Jeff McGuire. It might be Pac-12 annexed. <laughs> it might be. Nineteen oh seven is where we will start. Uh, Major League Baseball Washington Senator legendary pitcher Walter Johnson wins his first of his four hundred and sixteen career wins. In a 7-2 win over Cleveland. It's just crazy, isn't it? When you think about some of these numbers that were, I mean, we will probably never see another 300-game winner. Crazy. 1936, 22 nations line up as the first basketball competition in Olympic Games start in Berlin. Mm. Very first game, Estonia beats France 34-29 to in the first game. Oh, how about that? 1956. Boston Red Sox fine slugger Ted Williams $5,000 for spitting at a heckling Boston fan. It's the third incident in three weeks. I was going to say, didn't you just read us one of those? Fast forward to 1984. The U.S. collects its first Olympic gold medal in women's basketball history 
with an 85-55 win over South Korea in the final at the LA Games. 1992, the Orlando Magic signed NBA number one draft pick Shaquille O'Neal. 2000, Los Angeles Lakers announced the retirement of former star player and executive vice president of basketball operations, Jerry West. They would name Mitch Kip, uh, Kupchik to succeed him. 2004, Cubs pitcher Greg Maddox enters the history books with win number 300 and a Cubs 8-4 triumph over the San Francisco Giants at SBC Park. And in 2010, Jerry Rice, Emmett Smith, and a host of others are inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And Emmett Smith gives probably my favorite Hall of Fame speech ever. It is National Raspberries and Cream Day. Man, we've had a lot of raspberries lately. That's good. I'm a big fan. Yeah, just... Happy birthday to Mike Trout, who's 32. Sidney Crosby, 36. Charlize Theron is 48. Jalen Hurts, 25. DeMar DeRozan, 34. And Kyler Murray is 26. And on this day in 1990, President George Herbert Walker Bush orders the organization of Operation Desert Shield in response to Iraq's invasion of Kuwait on August 2nd. The order prepared American troops to become part of the international coalition in the war against Iraq and would be launched as Operation Desert Storm in January of 91. To support Operation Desert Shield, Bush authorized a dramatic increase of U.S. troops and resources in the Persian Gulf. And that is the Stan Sports History. All right, the Stan Sports History. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, speaking of the Pro Football Hall of Fame speech, is one thing that just really struck me. And... He's not a household name um, because he never played a playoff game for the Cleveland Browns. He never played a playoff game for anyone. He only played for the Browns. And his consecutive snap streak where he was in on every snap for like 10 and a half years, it was 10,300 plus. But take a wild guess at how old Joe Thomas was when he was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame on Saturday. Decently young, I would like yeah. mid thirties. Thirty eight. Okay. Thirty eight. Yeah. Uh, Zach Thomas is not quite yet fifty. He'll be fifty his next birthday, but <clears throat> you know, you normally think of Hall of Famers when they get inducted. That's like the mm-hmm. pinnacle. It's the pinnacle of his career. But the pinnacle of his career, I mean, he's barely lived life. He's thirty eight. You know, he's got a whole lot of life in front of him, um, and. He's lost a significant amount of weight since he was an offensive lineman. Doesn't even look like an offensive line. Looks like he could be a, you know, defensive back or something because just well, I mean, he's tall and skinny uh, now compared to what he compared to what he was. Um, but anyway, it was just that just that just struck me. And yeah, the same thing is with Darrell Rivas, who I don't think he's forty yet. If he's forty, he's like forty forty one. And so we've got guys that. You know, we're getting in, and they're, they're, they were both first-timers, so that's why they're so young, um, because they were this was their first year of eligibility, and they were elected in their first year of eligibility. So mm-hmm. you don't see that, you know, a large number of times, especially with a guy like Joe Thomas, who is not a household name. So 
I, I think that to some degree makes it even harder to get in when you're not a household name. Sure. You know, when you haven't mm-hmm. when you haven't played at all. Just looking at the kind of the all time list of uh, you know Major League Baseball wins. When I said we're not going to see another 300 game winner, the active leader right now in Major League Baseball is Justin Verlander, and he's got 250. He's got a chance. He's got a chance. He's got a chance. He's he's got a chance. That wouldn't shock me. Okay. So for him to get fifty more, yeah, that wouldn't shock me at all. Okay, uh, the next guy on the list is Zach Grinky at two twenty four, and then <clears throat> the next guy on the list after that is Max Scherzer at two eleven, and Clayton Kershaw at two oh seven. So it it may be in this next era of baseball that the 300 game winner <clears throat> may actually be ratcheted down to 200. Mm. I know. Yeah. I know. I bet it's closer to 250 yeah. that that becomes the mark. I'm just when when here's here's who's tied for 118th at um career wins and none of these guys are active. Chuck Finley, John Lester, George Ule, whom I've never heard of at 200 and Tim Wakefield. I mean, yeah, I just, you know, and then you kind of look at some names and you go, Milt Pappas, who played for the Cubs way, way back in the day, had 209 wins. I mean, <laughs> in today's world, he would be considered an elite pitcher. Yeah. An, an elite, an elite pitcher. So that's just, that's just, it's amazing how, you know, how things have changed. Um, with regard to what what you're what you're saying, so uh, this from the Yates Flooring Center's chat line, and this we've we've talked about this already just briefly, and mentioned his name, Jason Shear, uh, and the note on the Yates Flooring Center chat line is that this guy was spot on about Arizona, which he was. He's really was really you know, tied into the all the Pac-10 and Pac-12 talk, um, but he says hearing Oregon State and San Diego State have had. Preliminary conversations, very preliminary, with uh, the Big Twelve over the last forty-eight hours. Keyword is preliminary, and it would be uh, at discounted rates. Doesn't surprise me. Yeah, yeah. So there, I think there was discussion of UConn. I don't know how far down the road that got, or if it just became uh, a point where it made the most sense. You know, whether it was geographically or just, you know, or, or Utah said. Uh, yeah, we're in too. <laughs> I'd love to know. I'd love to know how excited or reluctant Utah was, or if they just kind of threw in the towel and went. Everybody else is going. We might as well go too, because that's kind of the sense that you get to a degree. Well, it's like, what are your options at right, this point? Right, right, right. Yeah, but I mean, of the of the four schools that have come, you know, from the Pac-12, they're the best football program by far. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, yep. and 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 yet nobody really talked about them as a you know prime catch so to speak. Just I mean, if you were just judging the athletic departments as a whole, you would probably have taken Utah over Colorado, Arizona, or Arizona State. Mm-hmm. 
But it's their arrogance and their previous comments that had all the Big 12 fans saying, eh, not so much. Yeah, kind of hold off on that one. Yeah, talk to the hand. Yeah, yeah. Especially when you thought maybe maybe you were just going to expand by two to replace, Mm -hmm. you know, after you'd already replaced, you know, Texas and Oklahoma with, you know, Cincinnati, UCF, BYU, and, and Houston. I see there's a budding rivalry going on between BYU and Utah's. BYU took a little had a little fun with them on social media. Oh, oh how the tables have turned. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm all in on BYU and all out yeah. on Utah. So. Yeah, I think that's going to be fun to watch, right? <laughs> no, no question. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Red Raiders with practice number four of 20 today over at uh, the Texas Tech football base of operations, which includes the football training facility and Jones Stadium, which they'll, they'll get to use at, at some point in time. Uh, this Texas Tech uh, Red Raider football team returned 17 starters. Many of you know that. 11 on offense, 6 on defense. Joey McGuire the other day was asked about this. He said, the question was, what does it say about guys coming back for another year with regard to your program? You know, we talk a lot about, <clears throat> we'll talk about it today, we talk about being a pro. And that has to do with what, how you carry yourself because everybody in this room is a pro. You know, you're professional at the things that you do. And so we talk about that because not everybody's going to the NFL. <clears throat> but there's a lot of guys that are going to have the opportunity to go to the NFL or play, you know, whether it's in the USFL or XFL. And so we want to train our guys. You know, every guy will come in here. They'll come in with a notebook. They'll come out in with a pen. They'll be taking notes. Um, you know, and I'll show a little clip today of a, a first-round draft pick that actually brought his notebook in and in his interview showed him the notebook, that the notes that he was taking. And so I think those guys that decided to come back, they saw that they were playing their best football in their career. If you think about it, both corners played the best. that They had the best year they'd ever played. Both defensive line, most productive years they've ever played. And so they wanted to make sure they could capitalize on that. I also think they love Texas Tech. Uh, my conversation with Tony Bradford went simply, you have done a lot for this university, but this university's done a lot for you. There's more that you should give back. And he, you know, it, I said, think on it for 24 hours and let me know. And he came back and the thing he said, he goes, coach, you know, when you said that to me, I did not realize how much this university, I appreciated it and I thought I did, but after thinking about it over 24 hours, I didn't realize the opportunities I've had. And uh, he goes, Coach, I'm coming back because I do have more to give back. And if you ask him right now, his give back is to win the Big 12. You know, it's when you hear so much about, you know, players saying, hey, I'd, what are you going to do for me? You know, and then – you do have to point out for them, I think, from time to time, uh, what the university has done for them. You know, whether it's education or, you know, yeah, you can you can point it out all day long, but unless you get the right kid, mm-hmm. he don't care. No, and and Tony Bradford is a guy who seems like he would care. Yeah. Now, this article from Sports Illustrated says says this about the 2023 recruiting rank, fourth in the Big Twelve. 2023 transfer rank 12th in the big 12 so part of that was because you had so many guys coming back the other part of that is your recruiting initiative which coach mcguire reiterated uh last week that they're going to recruit high school kids first and take the 
the transfers as a as a need basis and, mm-hmm. and a, as a fit basis. And well, I and, think Linton and Baskerville and um, Dre McRae are all going to be. I think they're going to play big roles for you. No, no, no question. So you may not have taken <clears throat> a lot of those guys, mm-hmm. but it feels like the the guys that you got. That's that's some quality there. How about Rusty Stats? Well, yeah, right. Yeah. How about one. Rusty Stats? No yeah. doubt. I mean, that's four guys that are going to play a big mm-hmm. role for you. It's hard to believe you're twelfth in the Big Twelve. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, it must be just about the numbers. Must be. Or we went quality over quantity, Chuck. Yeah, yeah. That's what we did. That's well, what the show does, too. Speaking of rusty stats, you led me right to where I was going next, uh, Coach McGuire, because we've talked an awful lot about the offensive line and what has to happen, right? <laughs> what has to happen, um, you know, in terms of being able to protect your quarterback. And, you know, this is kind of a show me kind of, you know, tell me. You've told me, now show me uh, that this is – it's improved. It's going to be a strength of the team. Here's uh, Coach McGuire on Rusty Stats and Cole Spencer. It's huge. You know, uh, I felt like going in uh, spring-wise and being around Cole, I felt like he was our best offensive lineman, um, you know, last year. And then he didn't get to play. We ended up shutting him down. And so having – I think if you – he would tell you it's just, he's in the best shape he's ever been. He's as strong as he's ever been. Um, he split jerk 396 pounds. I hope nobody's surprised. I know these numbers because obviously we're analytic driven and so we're number driven, but that's 360, 396 pounds above his head whenever he split jerked it. And so having him, um, and his leadership, uh, he's one of our captains is so big. Um, having rusty stats, uh, he has this unique ability to, I think he's like 328. And he runs to every ball when we get a first down or we gain any yards. And so the tempo is only going to speed up with our offense because of him. Uh, but it's just as big that him allowing Dennis Wilburn to go to his more natural position, and that's guard. And, um, you know, I tell everybody, you know, Dennis has a really mean streak all on the field. He's a big old teddy bear out off the field. But some of that he didn't get to show because there was so much on his plate. And the kid had never – you think about it. He's playing Power 5 football in the Big 12 and had never snapped a ball in his life at any level until last year, and he started every single game for us at center. So moving him over, and you have three grown men. You have guys that have played five and six years of college football in the middle of that offense. It's going to make a big difference. That's uh, Joey McGuire on his uh, on his offensive lineman stats and uh, Spencer. Could I ask you a favor? Sure. Could you demonstrate the split jerk for us? <laughs> um. I'll tell you what I think it is, okay? I bet you get this, right? I didn't know what it was, but then once he said something, it popped. When it went above his head? Yes. Yeah, right, right. That's So that's just where they lift it up and their legs are split split apart. One's forward, one's backwards. I mean, I can barely raise my right right arm above my head without anything on it right now. Oh. Well, it's just got a little... It's got a little twinge in my arm and shoulder. That's a bad deal. It is a bad deal, but... But it's better today than it was a week ago. So, okay. but, making but, progress. Making progress. But I mean, mm-hmm. just, just, I mean, just think about that. Putting just, almost four hundred pounds above your head. How about how about just doing forty? 
Grab a business card. See if you can lift it above your head. See if you can do I got, it. I've got my pin. I can barely lift my... There you go. I can, I can lift it up. Don't hurt yourself. But man, yeah, isn't, it that, is, isn't that incredible though when you think about that? And, and, and you know, I hadn't met Cole Spencer until earlier this summer and I mean, he just seemed like the nicest guy. He had a big old smile on his face. Him and, him and Rusty Stats both. I mean, just seemed like just guys that, you know, you know, if you're in, in college guy that you like to have a drink of beer with or... You know, if you're an older guy like me, you just go, man, that, those are two nice young men. I'm sure they have their moments, okay? And you want them to be ferocious on the football sure. field and mean and all that. But, I mean, you know, you know, as far as Cole Spencer, it looks like a guy always has a smile on his face. And, you know, it just looked like it would be a good, you know, representative of, of your program. But <clears throat> what you need him to do more than anything else is knock the – you know what out of the guy across the ball from you and protect your quarterback and open up some holes from fill in the blank running back or quarterback or whatever so that uh, you can keep the other guys off their back <clears throat> so anyway if if you're going to be a if you're going to be a strength at offensive line those, those two, two guys have to be good those two guys have to be good mm-hmm. right and Dennis Wilburn has to be good as well that has to pay off of moving him to to guard and you have to keep you know, stats and Spencer uh, healthy, and and that's uh, that was a challenge last year for for Cole Spencer. So we uh, we shall see. So that's uh, that's a couple things there on this uh, this Red Raider football program. I'm, I'm excited to to see what uh, transpires. I think I think everybody is. I think everybody is all moving in one direction, like an army of ants, and uh, we'll see where this carries you because it sure feels like it's. Uh, going to be one of those special years. I mean, I talked to somebody the other day. I said, what's your expectation? He's like, oh, you know, nine. <laughs> I'm like, okay. You go, go. Just I go, I get it. I understand. I go, But just kind of remember how many times you've won eight because he said nine or ten. I'm like, okay, well, let's look, look back and see how many times you've won eight. Um, because and he's like, oh, yeah, it's not that many. I'm like, right, it's not that many. It's special when you – when you win that doesn't mean you can't do it doesn't mean you can't do it right i mean that's why you had them starting 11 and 0 all right well i got i got carried away <laughs> you got carried away uh by the way i met another morning drive uh listener on saturday uh rob is a morning rob. drive. rob welcome rob. welcome to, to this the... big fiery hot mess rob it, right right appreciate you glad, tuning in glad to have you with us on the uh on the morning drive so keep you know, one at a time. You know, Juan and David and Kurt and, you know, now Rob. Let's go. What we should do, I should get those little license plates that you see at, like, the roadside stops when you're traveling, you know, like, from all the different states. And then they have, like, the, the kid's name. And then we could put those on the wall back behind us to identify our, our morning drive listeners or even our Tech Talk listeners or our 100.7 The Score listeners. Think the be? wall's big enough? I don't know. I don't know. 725 this morning on The Morning Drive. JV's question of the day is next. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Time now for Jamie's question of the day on Lubbock Sports Station. Double T 97.3. Okay, this is a pretty simple question. Probably one that you could have predicted I would go with today. Of the four new teams Mm -hmm. that the Big 12 is adding... Just look at it from the Red Raiders standpoint, their mm-hmm. side of things. Which one has the uh, best potential to be uh, the best rivalry mm. with the Red Raiders? And which one do you kind of feel at the the least? 
So go both ends. Okay. Um, I want to say Colorado just just because you've had some history with them. That sounds maybe like low hanging fruit. You haven't always had the best taste in your mouth with with Colorado, but I think you know the 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 maybe the relationship between Coach McGuire and Deion Sanders, um, his his proximity to Texas and the Cowboys and and that. Um, I think that's that that's the most to to, to me. And maybe it's just because I don't know that much about uh, Utah and and what they've done, uh, aside from just you know what we've seen in, from a football standpoint, the other sports. I, th- I think Utah seems to be the the least of them. Okay. See, I might be completely opposite on Utah. I think Utah is going to be the rival of the four because of how they treated Tech when the Big 12 was looking to fall apart. I don't know anybody in Red Raider Nation that thinks that was like, let's bring in Utah. It was always anybody but Utah almost was the conversation. Okay. Um, So I think that's going to – now, obviously, wins and losses will change how this goes. But initially, I think Utah's going to be the one rival of, of the new four. I think the one that we may get along with the most would be Arizona State. Like – I could absolutely see them be, not a partner because that's a, a, there's no partners in the Big Twelve. We're all pulling together, but we don't like each other. Um, the the most in common with with regards to how the universities act. Okay, this is great because we all have completely different answers. Uh, Colorado's on my list for the least <laughs> rivalry okay. with, and I think it's partly just because it's like we've already played them. It was blah. It was meh, okay. you know, and we lost some games we shouldn't have. Um, just never found it really exciting matchup. Just never felt the the rivalry, anger, whatever, distaste for Colorado. It's just meh. You know, I, I guess now there's a little bit of distaste because um, I'm just not a fan of the personality that is Deion Sanders. So um, there's that, but... Um, I think the, the to me the most fun rivalry is going to be Arizona. I just I just like what they are athletically with with their major sports, and you know I just I feel like uh, it's it's going to be fun to have our teams go over there and compete. I think it's going to be fun to see the University of Arizona come here uh, to Lubbock, like we've seen in certain sports before, and. Um, so I think they've got a good fan base and all the above, and so I'm excited about a potential rivalry with them. To me, Arizona State is, and I think what we had talked about before, like Jeff said, um, Utah is the one that I think a lot of people would dislike. But Arizona State's president said some stuff too that has, you know, uh, I think many in the Big 12 world not really a big fan of Arizona State. Um, but I just like Arizona State's just kind of forgotten to me in this whole deal i feel like i have the least interest in that matchup okay uh let me ask you this of the of the four which one has the coolest logo i like the red white and blue egg for arizona i'll take colorado it's a buffalo okay we're all going to disagree on this one too because i i for i for years have always liked the 
the Sun Devil and the mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. you know on the That's side of that cool. helmet, the red. Of, the Sun gold. Devil's the number two. Yeah. Although I don't want to see it scoring touchdowns against us anymore. Okay. Right. That's mm-hmm. fair. That's fair. Can we? The one of the re, one of the uh, secondary reasons I didn't want Utah in the conference was they they're also play. an Under Armour school. Oh, an Under Armour school. I wanted us to be the only Under oh, Armour okay. school, so yeah. that will obviously be the Under Armour Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. That's how it'll be pegged the week leading up to it. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, so we still have. So now we have two two schools that don't play baseball in Colorado and Iowa State. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. The rest, okay. the, the rest, these, rest these three do. all do. Okay. So um, that'll be interesting to see how that Utah shockingly looks like they have a gorgeous park. It looks very. I mean, the backdrop looks very similar to BYU. Mm-hmm. It's got mountains in the background and all that good stuff, and looks like it's really a pretty park. I wonder. I've never heard one single thing ever. About Utah baseball, nothing. Nothing. Okay. Nothing. And uh, they were twenty-two and twenty-three last year. In case you were wondering, twenty-two and twenty-three. Yeah. I was actually going to ask. Do you know what the record was recently? And so only yeah, because you... only because I looked it up. I think that was what I saw. Okay. Right. Now ASU's got a long history of baseball. I'm sorry, twenty-two and thirty-two, not twenty-three. Thirty-two. Yeah, 30. that makes sense because that, that was sense. like short games. Well, yeah. Sure. Twenty-two and thirty-two. 22 and 32. Not 23. Yeah. 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 22-32 for their baseball program. Arizona State was a little bit better. Arizona, 33 and 26. Um, So that's what you're adding. And, of course, Colorado doesn't play. Uh, This, and this is uh, accurate because I've been to Tempe. Tempe is a good time. They have a – I want to say – I want to say the little bar area around the university is, is or University Drive. I want to I want to say it's either University or University Drive. You could probably make that guess from just about what seventy five percent of the schools in the country. Sure, yeah, that they so, would have a university yeah. in in their town, right? Yeah. Now I got you. But sense. I mean, I just I it's remember going to Tempe and going to a couple places and. And it looked like it was going to be a good time. I also would bet that in like 75% of college towns across the country, you could also say they they got a little bar that's really <laughs> right, nice right, right there. Right, right. And a pizza place. Close, and a pizza, pizza place. Close, close, close yeah. to campus, right. Yeah. No, no. So any of these new schools jump out from a women's basketball perspective? Jamie asked me that. I haven't done anything on that yet. Um, well, that's been, why I said jump out. I've, I've been to Arizona State. That was uh, my first road trip. Uh, and... Uh, their their coliseum reminded me a lot of the coliseum here it's very very similar um in terms of the look and everything like that and it's like right next to the football stadium where there was a super bowl played a million years ago that you went to right yeah that was one of those places that i i had to do a little bit of extra work to sneak into but some kind gentleman just said hey walk into the football locker room and just keep walking through it walk into the back I was like, okay, let's go. I think I was, somebody was with me. And so we just, we walked down, got in the elevator, mm-hmm. got down to the bottom floor, walked through the football locker room and go out the other doors and <laughs> there it is. Boom, and there we're it walking is. into the end zone. Boom, there it is. Yeah. Oh, oh. Okay, yeah. 7.39 this morning here that on is, the morning drive. If that was the trip where I met Matt Wallerstead's brother in the parking lot. Oh, wow. Yeah. How'd that go? <laughs> uh, well, he's like a Hall of Famer there. 
as a linebacker. He stopped us in the parking lot and he said, "You guys are at, you guys are Texas Tech fans." And like, "Yeah, we're here for the baseball games." Like, I think it was Brian Haney and I. Okay. And he goes, "You might know my brother who lives there in Lubbock." And we're like, "Oh yeah, sure." Lubbock. <laughs> there's only 15 of us, right? And he's like, "Yeah, he's a defensive coordinator of your football team." I was like, "Oh yeah, we know him." Yeah. Yeah. And then he, we would infamously know him. Yeah. Later on. Yeah. Uh, this from the Ace Point Center chat line. Big 12 Twitter already hates, absolutely hates Utah fans already, which is a lot of fun to see. So, yeah, I think they're going to become the new Texas mm-hmm. of this conference. Yeah. It's going to be great. Uh, somebody says this Tex all time record with Arizona is 26 and 5. Okay. Hmm. Uh, somebody wanted to know if the new four has a base, have a baseball team. Yeah, with the exception of Colorado. So three, yeah, of, the three four, out of the four. Three of the four do. Uh, this, I think we're going to get something going with either BYU or Utah. Okay. Okay. Uh, this, uh, make Arizona state immediately go to West Virginia for their first game. The way their president acted was embarrassing. Did they not realize they were almost left behind? Okay. <laughs> I mean, but you've met it. I mean, you've seen it in your personal life. Don't think it's any different just because he's the president of the university, but sometimes the people that are the most wrong all the time are always the most adamant that they're right. They're the most clueless people that are wrong. The most, Mm -hmm. I mean, just, they just are the worst. This is the morning drive podcast from double T 97, three. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Hour three of three for us this morning. An hour from now, the end of the bench on 100.7, the score. High noon, bottom line. This afternoon, Tech Talk with Aaron Dickens and Dr. Mike Gustafson. They'll have uh, plenty to say, I'm sure, about conference realignment and the new Big 12, which is 16 or and growing, <laughs> potentially, even, uh, even beyond 16. Do you think it's going to? Well, I had, didn't really think so until I saw that just that little sketch of news there about you know the sniffing around of of Oregon State and uh, and San Diego State. I'm I'm not sure what those two schools bring to you. So I I think I think we're good for the moment. But you know, I mean, if you not that I mean, I think the kill shot's already been made on the on the Pac-12. They'll merge into something with the Mountain West, and they won't be considered. Uh, any stretch of the imagination, a Power Five conference or the Conference of Champions, as some like to say. Um, so I'm not sure what the value is. I'm sure somebody, I'm sure somebody has a thought on the value because it. W- I guess it would seem to me is if you add Oregon, let's just say you add Oregon State and San Diego State, okay? Then, then I almost wonder if you go back and add another team to the East Coast in addition to UConn. Mm. Okay, so then. So that would get you to twenty. That gets you to twenty. And then you'd have your group over here and your group over here and your group in the middle, and somehow they'll come up with a Big 12 championship game. And again, this is purely about football. But if you, if you had a little bit, that would give you some regionality, you know, what we, just, what we were just discussing in terms of how mm-hmm. this is going to work. If you added, let's just say you added Oregon State and San Diego State, then it makes sense for all the sports – that don't travel charter, which is just basically football, men's and women's basketball. Baseball does some, but as you well know, not not as much as those other two those other two sports, basketball and football. Football's in and out of a town so fast. So is basketball. You hardly even know you're there. Um, I mean, baseball, you're there for several days because just of the 
fact that you're playing three games and you get there the night before we like to soak in the atmosphere of the surrounding community see i (laughs) (laughs) i think i I would love to like play a saturday sunday basketball doubleheader i think that'd be pretty cool so you so you could get a chance to kind of move around the town a little bit take in a take in a sight or two sure i i i've always i always enjoy Uh, that and seeing seeing something that seeing the highlight of the town if i can well, I usually try to find a hike. I know. I know you yeah. do. I'm, I know you do. Um, so this... Seems like I'm going to have plenty of chances. Arizona s- schools probably have oh, yeah. mountains near them. I'm yeah. not certain of that. And Take your water bottle with you. I usually do. Okay. I'm a well-prepared kind of guy. And you got, I mean, you got Utah and you got BYU. And got their- for all appearances, when you take a look at the pictures there, they they got mountains close by. Yeah. Or hills or hikes. Yeah. I might just be able to go straight from the stadium at BYU in Utah. Yeah, just don't get lost because, you know, Haxton needs you. Yeah. He'd be <laughs> he overstated. Needs he needs you. No, I think he'd say that he'd say that you're a good hand, you know. You Sure you. when he needs a bathroom break or whatever. <laughs> Without Jamie, there is no one yelling yes hacks when he catches the right. ball. Yes, yes hacks. All right, so let me throw these uh throw this out at you. This is what one graphic has in terms of this new Big Twelve. They propose an east and a west with Colorado, Cincinnati, Central Florida, Kansas, Kansas State, West Virginia, Iowa State, and Oklahoma State in the east. Okay? Okay. So that leaves you with um, Utah and BYU, Arizona, Arizona State, Texas Tech, Baylor, and uh, who am I leaving out? Did you already say Houston? Houston, right. Houston. Houston. So, um, boy, in football... I mean, if you were doing that, you'd have to play the ones in conference every year, right? In division, yeah. Yeah, that, in division. I'm sorry. That would that would have then that would put you with. I don't know that you can do that because that's. So then you only play one out of division each year. That doesn't seem likely. Are you going to go to? Or are you going to go nine? Play two. Do you go two? Yeah, you would do that. You would play nine. Play seven so, in, in so your division. So you would go two. Two so outside. then you'd have three non-conference. Yeah. So would you wrote... Or does you, the Big 12 do something that nobody else has done, and you get you do your pod set up, right, that we've talked about a little bit. The two West pod champions play each other for the right to play in the Big 12 championship game. The two East pod champions play each other to get to the championship game. So it becomes a final four type setup. And then you rotate the other pods that you play every other year. TCU is also in the West. I don't think I said TCU. Okay. Um, I, I wonder. Hmm, Jeff, what, what would you do? Because you're not going to add an extra game. You're going to take away one less regular season game and say. No. This could happen. No. I. I yeah, I don't think you are either. Here, is here, it the? Isn't the one thing that we always like to hear is more games? And you're only adding one for one team. Jeff, it's all about student athlete safety. Remember, 
Here's what I wonder. <laughs> I, I truly wonder about how much longer these conference championship games are going to take place, given that you're going to be expanding the college football playoff. Because remember, yeah, your, your, your college football playoff is – which will expand to 12, that that will only be in effect for two years. Except for there's supposedly big money for the conferences. There, there is. It's just, is there is there more money exponentially by having a 16-team or a 24-team college football playoff? I mean, ultimately, you still need to figure out a way to take these 16-team conferences and get one winner when you're not playing everybody in 12-game schedule. Even if you just played your your conference and there was no non-conference, you're not getting everybody in. So how do you determine that wouldn't have the conversation of, well, this team didn't have X, Y, and Z on their schedule, so that's why they won the conference when these three teams beat each other up and they were the only three losses that anybody had anybody else in the mm-hmm. conference kind of thing. So it, you need a, there will, as long as there are large conferences, you will need a championship game. I, I just I just think at some point in time the conference championship game is going to be considered um, passe and not necessary because we're going to expand the college football playoff and there's more money there and because you're you're knocking out potentially you're knocking out teams with the conference championship game. You're also potentially adding teams to the conference good. championship. Yeah, yeah, good. If we haven't gotten rid of the Big Twelve baseball tournament yet, I don't think we'll be getting rid of a football game. Mm. Mm. Uh, this question for Jamie. Jamie, do you think Arizona State's leadership miscalculated how Big 12 fans keep receipts? This isn't Barkley. We keep receipts <laughs> and pay attention when disrespected. Good question. Keep receipts. That's a good question. I just, man, he sounded like he said everything he could to say we don't really want to be here, but we're here. Uh, this person says this women's basketball teams in last year's tournament and seed. Arizona, a seven seed. Colorado, a six and Utah, too. And remember, uh, Lady Raiders beat Colorado last year. Utah, too. Utah, too. Wow. Oh. Uh, Derek says he's down for TCU, UH, and Oklahoma State. Uh, also, uh, I ran into another Morning Drive listener twice over the weekend. Once at a convenience store, and then next, unlikely, at a wedding that I was at. Stalker. Sam. Sam. <laughs> Why are you good, stalking him? I'm not. He, we just ran into each other at the two different events. Eight sure, hope your insurance paid up. Here on the Morning Drive, it is. This has been the Morning Drive Podcast, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at double T 97.3.com.